Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Avtara. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. We are going to be focusing on the Avtara of Parshas Tolis today. The topic is chosenness as an identity or a mission. Our Avtara is found at the beginning of Sefer Malachi, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, all the way to Perak Bey's Pasuk Zion. Um, it is a short Avtara and it is dealt, dealing with a number of issues. The primary one being at the beginning is the, is the chosenness of Jacob, of Yaakov over Esau, and then moving into a criticism of the priests or the leaders and the Levium and the base of Midrash at the time. A few basic background pieces just to understand what's going on over here. Who is who was Malachi? So Ibn Ezra, the Rambam in his introduction to the Mishnah, the Radak will say that his, he was a prophet by the name of Malachi who lived at the time of the second base of Migdash. Uh, however, the Gomorrah in the Megillah Tez Vavim Aleph and the Targum Yonasan um, on Malachi or understand that he, it could either be Ezra Asofer or perhaps even Mordechai living around the same time as well. Um, this ha- helps us understand why this is so significant. He was one of the, the shareholders, he was one of the leaders of the Anshay Knesset, like the men of the Great Assembly. Um, and he lived at a time when there was a great return to the land of Israel under the Second Commonwealth under Persian control with the rebuilding of the Second Base Hamigdash. He was the last of the prophets, and this is really the closing of all the Nevi'im, is this Sefer. So we should pay careful attention to it because many of the messages um, relate to very much to the ideas um, of today and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to leave us off with as the last prophecy of time. Um, until prophecy is reinstituted. Um, it, 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 the the Dadmir Krak, quoting Rav Murachai Zerakavod, suggests that he lives around 90 years after the first wave um, of the Aliyah. There were a number of waves of Aliyah where a small amount of Jews came back from Babylon and Persia. Most of them remained in Babylon and Persia, but a, 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 a significant amount did come to the land of Israel to rebuild the base of Mingdash. And this is the end of the times of Nehemiah, which as we're talking about, which is really towards the end of everything. This may explain part of the prophecy we're about to learn together, because he is speaking to a generation who does not seem to know the basics, which is why he takes it upon himself to explain the chosenness of Yaakov over Esav, which seems to be going back to the very primordial ba- idea that comes back to Parshas told us, which is our Parsha, as to why it is that we are special to a, nation, to a nation or to a people who at this point in time seem to have lost that appreciation. Let's start at the very beginning. The first five psukim deal with this prophecy, which is about Israel and Edom. And he describes in the words of Hashem, Ohavti Aschem Omar Hashem, God says he loved you, and the people question, how is it that we know that you love us, Hashem? So the, the, the Esav was also a brother as well. So the Hashem says, but I loved Yaakov and Esav I hated. And I made his mountains desolate and his ancestral inheritance to be like a desert. And, the, and it goes on to describe it. You can see that I've left, says Hashem. I have left Edom behind and I have chosen you. And you'll see Hashem's, cho- Hashem's elevating the boundary of Israel. So first of all, just a quick thing is where is it that Ed- Edom um, would live? What area are we talking about geographically? Um, and the area is in Jordan, the country of Jordan, to the south where the ruins of Petra are today. Um, and this was an area that was originally under the um, um, Edomites, the Edomians later, and the Nabataeans. 
and today it is a tourist destination because there is no the, the only industry it really has is tourism there's nothing left of that population or that center of culture and the the Sartori is 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 accurate in terms of that area being a desert and uninhabited so what is the dialogue over here what's going on so it sounds like the Malbim quoting the Barbanel I understand that the Jews are questioning Hashem's love for them. They feel that, that, that you know what, Avraham was, was worthy and he was chosen, but what makes Asaph, what makes all perhaps the, the many enemies um, of the nation of Israel um, so different, they were also part of that love. And they're really, in a certain sense, they're questioning their identity. They're coming back to the second base of Migdash. They don't have sovereignty. They're paying Persian taxes. There's assimilation, which is rife. They don't have their own, their own army. Um, and, and, I, and they say to themselves, like, you know, we don't have a system of government. Is this, is, is, are we really so special? Isn't this all over? It was just like, you know, it was an, a nice experiment, but it's, it's finished. Why, why should we continue? And this is really the question that Malachi is answering, is that Hashem chose you yourselves. When it says that, that Edom is rejected and Israel is accepted, what is the proof that he is that he is he's marshalling? What, what moment in time is he saying you see that Edom has been rejected? So Abarbanel says it could be in the Baez Shani, because already in the Baez Shani, both Edom and Israel were um, destroyed by, by, by Babylon, and yet the Edomites never returned. The Israelites did. So the Jews clearly have you know, seen a return from exile, but the Edomites not, and that's the proof that he's marshalling. However, of course, this could be a very much a very keen marshal, a very keen parable, to all of Jewish history, we can ask the same things today in our own lives. The exile's been so long, is it, hasn't, haven't we been rejected? And, I, and once again, once again, we're watching the same thing unfold, where out of all the dispersed nations among all the different cultures, every other subculture became part of the culture that it lived in. And yet, for some reason, somehow, the nation of Israel continues to thrive, continues to survive, continues to fl flourish and return today as well which is part of what's being described, which is part of the chosenness. You want to understand Israel's role, role in the world? You want to understand how, why, how, where God is? Look at history. Look at Jewish history. Let's go a little further into the next, the next section, which is Perak Aleph, Pasuk, Vov, to Yudalad. Now, we, know, we now have a, a criticism of Hashem upon the Kohanim. Hashem says, look, a child honors their parent, a servant honors their master. But Hashem says, if I'm a father, where's my, where's my honor? If I'm a master, where's my fear? Nobody's doing this. So... Um, so, and he turns to the Kohanim, he calls Boizei Shemi, those who disgrace my name. So they are affronted, they say, It's a dialogue, they say, Hashem, how did we disgrace your name? So Hashem responds, You brought disgusting bread upon my altar. So they say, They say, what did we do to make it disgusting? So he says, Shulchan Hashem Nivzehu um, he says, because you bring, you make the, it disgraceful, disgusting, the table of God, meaning the Mizbeach. You're going to bring a blind korban, a, a lame korban, a sick korban. Is not bad. Will you bring this to your governor? Pecha is a Persian uh, word for a Persian governor. Will you bring this to your Persian governor? Would that be all right if you did that as well? And so he goes on to he goes on he goes on to to describe them, and he, and he goes on to describe this affronting, and he says, you know what? Around the world, from the the east till the the the, the west. Godol Shemi Bagoim, my name is great among the nations. The nations respect me, but you, you're Machalel, my name, by bringing all these, these things, stolen things, lame things, sick things to upon my altar as well. 
That's what he, he, the criticism of here. For a few, a few pieces of here is, is what, what is that they are, they are doing? So the first thing is, of course, that they seem to be bringing things on the Mizbah which are inappropriate to bring upon a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Mizbah. But the second piece is that they seem to be denying the issue as well. Denial is usually much worse than even the crime itself because it shows that there's no reflection, there's no, there's no ability to be able to escape this as well. Um, in fact, the Gemara in Sukkot, Nun Aleph Mubayis, tells us that when it describes these things, it may not even be as egregious as something which is, you know, which is um, overtly disgusting, but it could be something which is more sensitive. So the, the example the Gemara talks about over there is, is, let's say you have my Megulim, water which is revealed. Now, what's the problem with water which is revealed? Because in, in, in those days, um, when you would have many more creepy crawlies and all kinds of reptiles and, and insects around, if you leave water revealed open overnight, then something could drink out of it and deposit some poison into it. So you, the practice was not to drink water that was left overnight. And this is no longer an issue to, as much today. But in those days, that was a real concern. So Morris says, but um, can you bring such water uh, on the Mizbah uh, if you are misanein it, you sieve it, you, you, you purify that water in a way that it is drinkable. There's no longer a poison concern. The Gemara then says, no, quoting our pastor, would you bring that to your, your pecha, to your, your governor? Meaning, technically speaking, for the proletariat, it may be acceptable. But that's not the way you treat HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the example of Gemara gives. So it could be even subtle aspects where you think, well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is like a friend. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no, that, that doesn't work like that. That's why Hashem says, um, if I'm a father, if I'm a an Adon, a master, where is my honor? Where is my fear as well? The, the Gemara Baba Kama talks about this and talks about the idea that you cannot bring something which is stolen. Um, uh, you can't do a mitzvah with it. Um, there's, there's mitzvah Baba Vera. The Gemara then quotes the Arpasa. So that the Gemara says that just like Piseach, something which, is, which has got a, a wound in it, which will render it in, uh, un- unable to be used in the Mizbah, so to um, so uh, that uh, that you you cannot even fix it. When something is done spiritually wrong with an item, it cannot be brought in mizbech. So these great these seem to be even subtleties, but that's what's being criticized over here as well. Now, what does it mean precisely that all the nations respect Akash Baruch Really? The nations don't really do that. So there are three possibilities. The Rashi says, quoting the Midrash Tan Chuma in Achremos, that it refers to the Jews around the world. What does it mean? It doesn't refer to the nations of the world. It means, look at the Jews around the world who don't have, the Jews in the diaspora, who don't have a base Megash, and yet they all serve Akash Baruch yet they all love and 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 and, uh, and serve Akash Baruch in a true way. And you, you're here in the base Megash, and you have all these, you have the ritual and the paraphernalia, and you're yet, you're, look what you're doing. That's the criticism. The Emir says, no, Ibn Ezra says, no, it refers to Akib Shotai, as in with a simple reading. It refers to non, non-Jewish, non, the non-Jews. Um, so what, what does it mean? Um, it means, say, in their pagan way, in the way that they serve all the pagan deities, they don't cut corners. They don't try to bring things which are subpar. And you look what you're doing. That's what the way Ibn Ezra reads this pasuk as well. Has a little bit of trouble reading because it sounds like it's being brought to Hashem. But that's the, the comparison he says is in the way that pagans serve their pagan deities is much better than the way that the nation of Israel is serving um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Finally, Abarbanel says, no, you know what it is? All the nations really accept, a pri- accept the notion of a primal cause, that there is a, a single power behind everything else, even though they have many, we'll call it uh, deputies, and uh, they'll have the river god and the sun god and so on, they, they all recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's become evident throughout the course of history. 
where um, religions religions created themselves like Christianity and Islam got invented and really behind them is monotheism and they took up a significant amount of the world population that that generally speaking Hashem is saying look there are the, there are many monotheists around and they believe and they do much better than what you seem to be doing with you with uh, with Akash Baruch Hu. that's what's being said over here as well now um, we finally conclude the after with section three and this is now a, um, a, a seems to be a somewhat of a continuation again on the Quran and the Levium and uh, it talks about leadership in general. He says, if you're not going to do this, says, if you're not going to give honor to my name, I'm going to send you the curse and I'm going to curse your blessings. Because you don't pay attention. Um, so Akash Baruch Hu is, is now attacking the Quranim who are not taking this to heart. He says, and he goes, he says, was Zaresi perish, perish, I will spread forth dung upon your faces, perish, the dung of your celebrations, and um, I'll be carried back to you. And at the end of the, 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 the Haftari, he closes with this very beautiful pasuk of what it means to, means to be a real leader. A person who has real, the Torah of truth in his mouth. And there's no sin that's or deceit in his in his lips. B'shalom v'mishor halach. It's even Rabbi Meshimiyov, and he brings many people away from sin. Kisivse koyin yishmeru das. The lips of the priest will keep the knowledge or avatari of akshamipihu, and and Torah will be sought of a sort from his mouth. Kimalach Hashem Tzvakos, because he is the angel of God. It's a really beautiful description of leadership. Over here as well. What is the curse Hashem is sending against the blessing? What is it, how, how does it relate to the infringement? So the Malbim says, You give Berkas Kohanim, you think you have the ability to bless. I'm going to retract your ability to bless. Uh, to, to bless. You, you think that you have the opportunity of doing that. I'm going to Arisi I'm going to curse your blessings as well. Radak says a little bit differently, and he says that my blessing, which allowed you to be part of the base of Milash, that allowed you to serve the base of Milash, I'm going to retract that because you don't, you're not acting in a way which deserves being a representative, a steward. The base of English as well. Um, where does it stem from? What is the main un underlying criticism over here? The Rambam says in Hilchos Deus Perakei is that a person who is more spiritually inclined, a person who's supposed to be a spiritual leader, is supposed to desist and get less involved in things that are related to material good. And the Rambam says, You should not be stuffing yourself just because there's food in front of you. And he quotes our pasuk, as it says, the Zareisi. Perish al panechem. I'll spread dung on your face. And they said that was this referring to Chachamim said. They made people make their whole lives one big party. All they want to do is move from one party to the next. And he says, uh, and they, they say, Now most people who say that be party and marry, a party and marry, be married before tomorrow we die. Um, those kind of people, Zakharish Baruch says, their tables are as if they're filled with vomit and dung. A very, a very powerful description the Ramam says over here. So we're referring to that the basic, the basic problem over here comes down to indulgences, comes down to a life of convenience, a life of basic entertainment and uh, and uh, and indulgence. What is the covenant that Hashem talks about with the Levium over here? This this brisi see Tom. This refers to the fact that Hashem chose, like as an example, Pinchas. Pinchas is the the, the opportunity of representing Akash Baruch Hu. Um, but to do that, it requires, it requires coming out and doing what's necessary. Um, and what the Gomorrah Chagiga is, uh, essentially says when, when quoting the last pasuk in our talk, um, says, says the Gomorrah, um, If you act as a spiritual leader like 
an angel of God, like a person who's, who's living a spiritual lifestyle, then people can ask you Torah. If not, they shouldn't. If not, then you're not living up to what it means to. You're not just simply an academic who knows a lot of ideas that relate that happen to relate to the corpus of material called Torah. You're a person who lives that. That's what's necessary. And he's talking to the Quran and the Levim of the time. Apparently, we're not living up to this as well. And it's a simulated and complicated lifestyle as well. What is? And we're going to conclude now. But what is the connection between these two things? Why is the chosenness of Yaakov um, and uh, of Esav, why is that connected to the leadership and the problems that are going on at the time as well? So when we, th- when we go back to our has told us, Esau sold the birthright to Yaakov, and he says, Why do I need this, this firstborn right? Rashi says, what does the firstborn right mean? Like tachlis, brass tax, what does it actually mean to have sold the firstborn right? Rashi explains, it means to say service in the Beis HaMikdash. And Esau says, I don't need to have priests who are going to serve the Beis HaMikdash. I can sell this for food. So therefore, in a certain sense, Esau rejected the, the Avodah. But are you accepting it? Are you the kind of the Levi? Are you doing what you said you were supposed to do by accepting the Bukhara, which was what, what you sold? Ragidon Ra- Weitzman said a very beautiful idea. He says that Asaph thought he was special, really, because of his lineage, because, not because of his actions. He thought, I'm a firstborn, I deserve, and therefore I am. And he was mistaken. And therefore he lost out his bracha as well. Not just his bachorah, but his, his, his bracha, in Pashas told us. If that's, a so, if that's so, then the same is reflected upon Israel. Israel only got, Yaakov only got the bracha because they worked hard to get it. That means to say that if you don't carry on working hard, you don't deserve it. And that's what's being said over here. Don't think that chosenness is because of your lineage, because of your DNA. There's something more than that. You have to work to deserve it. And that's what the Torah seems to be arguing. And it was argued to the last generation that deserved prophecy. And it's something which obviously resonates for many generations afterwards. Have a wonderful and meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.